Thanks for joining us today for another message on the glory of God. We are excited to have you here as part of our Evangel Temple online campus, and we welcome you. If God is using this ministry to bless your life, we encourage you to send us an email at etag.tv, or simply if you have any prayer requests, please send us a message so that we can pray with you about your prayer needs. The most important thing when we come together is the presence of God. This sermon series is all about having God's presence, maintaining God's presence. Moses told God, God, if you're not going with us, I'm not going anywhere. Listen, as we approach and as we go through 2015, we must have God's presence. We need his Shekinah glory. And I want this message to be a blessing. And we do want you to call in or to email us your prayer requests. We do faithfully pray over these requests and needs. We want you to be a part of the giving base of this church family. So many people are connected literally from around the world and support the ministry here. And we're very thankful we give God all the praise. And as we always do, we pray the blessings upon all of those that are faithfully supporting. And I just want to challenge you to be a giver to help support this ministry as we reach out and believe God for great revival, a great awakening in 2015. Well, we're going right into the service and may it bless your life.
come standing. When the kingdom comes, mountains do have to move. Things will change. Where, where is Jamie? Raise your hand. You just came down front. Somebody help me. Lady, just slip to my side. Oh, in the back, way up, back up under the balcony. Jamie just came to me and she said, my uncle who raised me, was like my dad, was on life support, no response to light, to any kind of stimulation whatsoever, no response. They said, told the family he was going to die. And uh, this is in another city, but she said, I've been fasting, I've been praying that this mountain of death would move. And she said, my relative called me yesterday and said he has opened his eyes, he is sitting up, he is eating, he is eating. She said, I talked to him on the phone yesterday. Mountains have to move when the kingdom comes, when the kingdom comes. Come on, sing it. scriptures to Isaiah 60 open the scriptures to Isaiah 60 we're declaring the kingdom come his will be done on earth as it is in heaven thank you worship team thank you choir God bless you God bless you for your worship as you're finding Isaiah 60 men there is a card in your bulletin I want you to fill that card out and turn that in out in the lobby it's about different interest groups that we're beginning in a few weeks there's also a sign-up table in the lobby for those that can help us in the nurseries, uh, working with our babies and infants. Last Sunday morning, there were 100 babies in the nursery, and uh, you need to help us. Amen. I'm telling you. And so uh, we, we just are soliciting for couples or for ladies once a month. And then after I preach on Faith Wednesday night, everyone on this campus, we're going to anoint with oil. In junior high service, senior high service, the boys and girls, different groups, and the adult service here, uh, closing out the 21-day fast, I just felt like we need to anoint with oil some things. Amen. Everything that's living is going to get anointed with oil, and some things that are dead are going to get anointed with oil. Amen. And we're going to believe for life. Amen. Isaiah 60, we begin part one of the sermon series on the glory. Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is upon who? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon who? And his glory shall be seen upon? Verse 3, The Gentiles shall come to thy light. 
and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar. Amen. How many have got wayward children or grandchildren right now? I can show you a prophecy in the word of God that when the light of his glory comes, sons are coming home. Amen. We've been smiting the ground as Elijah, Elisha did, and we've been declaring some things open up for prodigals to come home in 2015. Don't let me preach by myself. Amen. Coming home in 2015, thy son shall come from afar. That is a powerful scripture. Thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then shalt thou see. Remember, Elijah said to Elisha, there's some things that you need to see. You will see things flow together. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea that shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles that's coming unto thee. thee. Everybody say thee. The multitude of camels shall cover. I started to name this when the camels come home. No, there's, there's a lot there. Amen. That's represented by that verse. Somebody needs to catch that in their spirit. What God's saying in his word. When the glory comes. Amen. The camels will be present. The dromedaries, which are the young camels, amen, from Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba, Shebites are coming, amen, hallelujah, and they're going to bring the gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord, the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee, the rams of Neboeth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar. And look at what he says in verses, verse 7. I will glorify the house of my glory. There are some places that God says where I'm resting my glory. I'm going to glorify those places. Everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. Today we begin a study on the glory of God. You can write this down that the glory is the manifestation and the revelation of his presence, his power, his splendor, his nature, his character, his essence, the glory. And when we speak of the glory, it is that revelation of God to man, revealing who he, he is. You know, we can come to church on Sunday and we can put on our Sunday go to meeting clothes, amen. We can do our hair up, amen. And we can get all ready and we can conceal who we really are. Oh, help me Holy Ghost right now. We can put on all the outward apparel. But the Bible says that God doesn't look on the outside, he looks on the heart, the inward, amen. Paul had to actually address those that would come in among them that would have the outward apparel and they would look like sheep, sheep. And he says in Acts 20, 29, he said, Beware when I depart from you uh, that wolves will seek to come in and devour the flock of God. You know, we taught our children and now we're teaching our grandchildren uh, and we sing some of the nursery rhymes and the kids' stories, and, but we always try to draw some spiritual parallels 
but there's the one little story that we all learned about the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. Amen. And, and the three little pigs are tucked away in their home and, and the knock comes on the door and the big bad wolf wants to get in. I'm telling you, there's still a big bad wolf that wants to come home with you. Uh, there's still a wolf, wolf in sheep's clothing. And I thought it quite interesting. And the only reason I bring that up was because the last thing that Nathan Moore said Sunday night as he's walking off the platform, and he was somewhere in this area, he said, beware of the wolves. And then he left. And I thought about that, that there needs to be spiritual antennas in this day. Amen that help us to stay rooted and grounded in the most holy faith. That's why in Acts chapter 2, you look at the believers as, as, as church is beginning to explode with growth. It said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There are four things that were identified in that verse that were very important to spiritual growth and the church uh, being vibrant and, and, and not being infiltrated. And Nathan said to us, be careful uh, of, of the wolf that comes in sheep's clothing. Be careful if the devil is comfortable around you. Amen. In Isaiah 60 verse 1, the prophet tells of the power and he tells of the results when the glory of God is manifest. When the streams of his radiance touch our lives, something is bound to happen. In verse 1, as we break this down, the prophet says to arise, to shine. Let me remind you that Zion could not shine with her own light. We have no light in and of ourselves. The moon has no light, but the moon reflects the light of the sun. You are not here to reflect your own self. Amen. You are here to reflect as the light of the world which Jesus talked about, the light of his image, his impression, his glory being upon your life. There's a lot of imposters that will come in their name in the last days, but I'm telling you that the, the prophet says, arise and shine and reflect the radiance of his essence, his glory. Israel and the church are called to shine forth him. Now the word shine means to illuminate, to ignite. You look that up in the Hebrew. Arise means to originate, to become apparent. What God is doing in this hour, friends, and what the prophet is declaring was that people were to arise, the, the, the Israel was to arise as a nation and to originate and to illuminate the presence of God, the glory of God. True spiritual success is found in honoring Christ in your life. In lifting up Jesus. I'm telling you what God wants his church to do is shine forth the light of his glory. Not to be about ourselves, not to be about religion, not to be about what we like, what we don't like. Friends, to a sin-darkened world, arise and shine means to us to reflect the glory of God. Now, when you look up that word in the Hebrew, and I did this week just to refresh my memory, the word glory in the Hebrew is kabod. It literally carries with it a heaviness, a weightiness, 
And this is not in the wrong verbiage or, or wrong thinking here, but the weightiness of God's presence, the heaviness of God's presence, so that when you see numerous times in the scripture the glory of God revealed, some were bowing in worship. You see angels in heaven. You know, sometimes we need to look at a picture of heaven and see what they're doing in heaven so that we look a little bit more like heaven on earth. Amen. When we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven do it on earth. Amen. We need that sometimes angels are bowing in the presence. Sometimes they're, they're cloaking their feet. Sometimes uh, seraphims and cherubims are covering their face. Amen. And sometimes they're flying doing service for the Lord. Thy will on earth means that we're going to reflect heaven's glory. Amen? His glory, his kabod, literally means heaviness, weightiness. It speaks of his riches. It speaks of his re reputation, his importance, his splendor. It, it speaks of his distinction, his honor, his testimonial. And what the prophet is saying, arise, Israel, shine, Israel. What did John Kilpatrick teach us? That there's a spiritual parallel. What God shows to Israel, he's trying to show to the church also. The church is to arise to its finest hour of revealing the glory of God to fallen mankind. The church is to arise and emanate. Let it originate with where it is supposed to, with heaven, with the glory of God. You cannot show forth anything that will change a man's heart. But when we have the light of his glory upon our life, friends, things happen. Look at verse 2. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. The Jews have been captive down in Babylon. And they think of Mother Israel. They think of their homeland. And they realize spiritually there's great darkness over the land. Naturally, they're separated. They're down in, a, uh, in another land and they've hung their hearts on the willow trees and they're, uh, they're, they're weeping naturally and spiritually because their homeland has been destroyed, their nation has been destroyed and ransacked and they've been pulled away as captives. And it says, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. I'm telling you that that darkness to us can represent Things in the natural realm are dashed hopes, are dashed dreams, are dashed visions, are plans, are goals. In the spiritual realm, it can represent those that are away from God and the darkness spiritually that covers mankind, that covers many families and covers individuals. And it, it says, for gross darkness shall cover the people, but... God put the but in there. Amen. Everybody say but. There's a but in that verse. But the Lord. This is powerful. Shall arise upon thee. Originating. Illuminating. From his essence. From his presence. From his splendor. From his glory. From his distinction. From his honor from his riches, from who he is, the vastness of our God eternal originating is the kabod. And he says, my kabod is going to settle on my people. Amen. To those that walk in darkness, 
to those that have dashed hopes, dashed dreams, dashed plans, dashed goals. I'm telling you, hope arises when the glory comes. I want everybody to look at Isaiah 61. I was reading, doing my devotions early Friday morning, and I was reading Isaiah 61. I'd been studying chapter 60, and I just flipped on over to 61, and, and where the Spirit of the Lord God, this is verse 1, is upon me. The Lord hath anointed me. Now, you remember Jesus quoted this early in his ministry on earth. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to pro pro proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm declaring 2015 is a good year to be acceptable before God. Amen. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Listen, when God rests his kabod on you, it's not so that you can get any glory. When God rests his heaviness on us, when God does things through our lives, friends, you better immediately give all praise and glory and honor back to where it belongs. Amen. When the anointing of the Spirit works through your life and God uses you to witness to people and share your faith with people and you see people beginning to be transformed, you better give Him all the praise and all, that He might be glorified. The results, verse 4, they shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the former desolations of many generations, this verse is saying. Repairing wasted cities. What is the Graham Crusade doing? They're going to city after city in America and the world and they're raising up some spiritual foundations for the local churches to build on. Amen. Look at verse 5. I'm headed somewhere. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. I don't know how you can sit still when I'm reading this. Come on, keep reading with me. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. I got down to verse 7. It was long about 5 a.m. on Friday morning. I'm reading, I'm enjoying this passage, and I got to verse 7. For your shame, ye shall have double. I said, surely not. For your shame, ye shall have double. I put my pen down. I stood up behind my desk in my office at home. I said, double, double. God's word is saying that when his presence, when his anointing, when his kabod rests on his people, things that have dissipated, broken and dashed dreams, uh, things that you have lost in the attack of, your, of the enemy against your life for your shame, those trials, those tests, those difficult times, God says, I'm about to bring double in your life. Let me break it down just a little bit further. For your trouble, 
He's about to give some double out. Hallelujah. This is his word. On the Jewish calendar, 5775 means double, double. Amen. It means God's doubling up some things. And I believe there's some people that have had some challenges, had some uh, things going on in their life and, and faced some shame. And the devil's tried to thwart the purposes of God in your life. You need to rise up and claim Isaiah 61 verse 7 that for the trouble and for the things that I've gone through in 2014, for the test, for the trials, that God's about to turn some things around. God's going to do what his word says. He's going to give me double for this trouble that I've had he even goes on to say you're going to rejoice for some of the confusion you've been walking through hallelujah point number one God's house God's presence the psalmist in Psalm 16 11 says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures evermore. When you come to God's house, this house is first and foremost about him. It is not about us. We built this building, we moved into this building, and friends, it was not about us. It was about a place to corporately come and worship God. When you see church houses scattered through the city and across the nation, friends, it ought to be a reminder. There's a place, an assembly area where people are coming together to, to not worship themselves, not honor themselves, not be about themselves. It is a place where corporately men and women from across this nation come together and they lift up the name of Jesus and they worship the true and the living God. Amen. No matter where that church is located, no matter uh, uh, in, in what locale it's found, it is still about the presence of the Lord. We build our own thinking, our own rules. Listen to me, church, and everyone on live stream right now. We build our own regulations. We build our sacred cows and our golden calves. The church, first and foremost, is a house of worship to our God where men can come and corporately together we encounter him. It is not about us. It's about him. Be careful what you take ownership of and what you try to control. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's his. Amen? I want to show you the eternal value of, of Christ in the millennial reign. During the millennial reign, after the tribulation, there will be the millennial reign of Christ for 1,000 years. And what you see pictured in that 1,000 years is God's perfection, what God wants to see, what God is, is trying to work man towards. And during the millennial reign, Isaiah 4, 5 becomes a reality. It says, upon your assembly areas, the glory will be seen. That during that 1,000 years, Christ ruling and reigning, there is going to be a marked presence of God. If that is what it's supposed to look like over here, once we get by about seven years or however long it is till the uh, tribulation begins and ends, but during the millennial reign in Isaiah 4, 5, God says, I'm going to rest my glory upon your assembly areas 
and upon your homes. I believe we need to have a little more kabod going on in the church today. Oh, I'm preaching real good. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. It's not about us. Our homes, our churches should be places where the glory of God is manifest. The need of this hour in the churches across America is once again to be filled with the presence of God. The church has developed a performance mentality that I'm not sure that heaven is too pleased with. I, I believe everything we do ought to be Christ-honoring. It ought to be well done. But friends, it's not about performance. Every song, every prayer, every sermon ought to be for His good pleasure. The psalmist said, when we come into His presence... That in his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures evermore. If this is to be a place of his presence, when we come in here, it ought not look like we've been sucking on lemons. Amen. You need to come in with a different mindset. You need to do what he said in Isaiah 61. We're going to put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. I'm, I'm, there's a lost world that's watching the church today. And if what we show to them is the fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord, they don't want a whole lot of that. We have the lowest percent of American citizens attending church than at any point in our American history. And I believe that they need to see in the church that where the presence of God is identified, there's the fullness of joy. And at the right hand of our God, pleasures evermore. Somebody save me an amen. So many times we focus on the wrong things. We focus on our likes and our dislikes. You need to change pews if you're sitting beside somebody like that. You need to find somebody that's focusing on his presence. This is not about us. It's about him. This is about the worship of God. Amen. I found something to be so true and something so important in this Christian life. I need to align my likes with his likes. Somebody needs to write that down. Maybe you need to tweet that. Amen. When God shows up, men and man will be eclipsed by his presence. Souls will be saved. Mountains will be moved. Lives will be changed. Point number two, and I want the worship team to come back. Point number two says that there's some places more than other places. Watch with me theologically. One of the terms that everybody that studies theology and doctrine, you understand that God is known as omnipresent. He is everywhere. God is with you right here in this sanctuary. God's in your car. God's in your home. God's on the airplane this week. God is everywhere. But God does not manifest his glory everywhere. He is omnipresent. And there are places where God has even written Ichabod over. My glory, he's still omnipresent. But he said, my presence is not manifest there. You can go to the book of Exodus, chapter 3, where Moses encountered God in a desert. If you read that in the King James Version, 
it says on the west side of the desert. Amen. I, I just still believe the west side is the best side. Amen. Amen. But on the west side of the desert, God's presence is all through the desert. There are tens of thousands of bushes. Amen. But there's one bush that the glory manifested. There's one bush that his presence became tangible, became viewable, became encounterable. So that Moses turned aside to see that bush. I'm, I'm telling you, friends, there's something, there's a revelation. Uh, there are some places more than other places. And God wants to manifest his glory. And he says, arise, shine. Thy light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. When Moses comes to that bush and encounters that bush, he turns aside, he sets everything as, if you will get the picture of the glory of God and the presence of God, if that will become what you a driving force in your life, I'm telling you, distance is never an issue. Schedule is never an issue. The presence of God last weekend was so powerful. I didn't calculate from Saturday night to Sunday night how many hours we were in church. But all across this thing, nobody wanted to leave. Saturday night, I believe if I'd have left the building open all night, set people would have stayed. Droves of people. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people Sunday morning at 1.30 still just waiting in the presence of God. Nobody wanted to leave. Sunday night it was like that. I'm telling you, when you find a bush that's on fire, you want to take off your shoes and realize there is some holy ground in some places. There is a manifestation of His presence. There is a bush somewhere. We fasted for 21 days. And I believe God wants to reveal Himself in a powerful way. I want everybody to stand. Please, no one leave. Lift up thine eyes. The Gentiles shall come to thy light. Kings to the brightness of thy rising. All they that gather themselves together, they shall come. Thy sons from afar, thy daughters nursed at thy side. Thou shalt see, thou shalt see, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged as you see the light of his presence resting upon his people. Oh, that the world, friends, might see his presence, his glory revealed. Oh, that they might know. Listen to the preacher. Oh, that this culture 
might know the God of our Bible and see the God of glory, to know his presence. One of the great statements in analyzing 9-11 spiritually and what happened that I read that moved my heart when the world came to church after 9-11, America's churches were filled, filled to capacity. This church was packed to capacity. It said when the world came to church, they found no presence. You see, we don't need more programs. We don't need more things that we can, we can, and all those things are important. And you know we have all kinds of programs. We believe in that. Friends, if the presence of God is not here, it's not accomplishing anything of eternal value. It's the presence of God that men can't stand. When they encounter God, men are going to fall on their face. When they encounter God, when Isaiah encountered God, you go back and read chapter 6, one of my favorite passages. He said, Lord, what can I do for you? When he encountered the presence of God. This world is lacking an encounter with his presence. With the Shekinah glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want all of our altar workers, our prayer team to come to the front right now. Deacons who help us pray. Pastors, come to the front right now. Jennifer, lead us one time through in that course. sin to come in your life. I want you to come. And I want you to repent of that sin. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, you're a prodigal running from God. I want you to move from where you're standing. Up in the balcony. Come on. There's a spiritual need. If you've criticized the Lord's church, you need to come. You need to get that right. If you've been wayward with God, 
Amen. You've been running from God. You're one of those sons. You're one of those sons that's been afar, in a far land. You've been awakened by the Spirit of God. Your eyes have been opened. You realize you're living in a pig pen. You were not created for the pig pen. God's calling you out. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Every person that you need deliverance in your life, I want you to come to the front. You've been struggling with some things. Maybe there's some habits. Maybe there's some areas where the devil, he's been the monkey on your back. Really, he's the devil trying to destroy you. I want every person right now that you've been battling with some things, temptations and struggles, I want you to come right now to the front. Right down to the front. Right now. Come on. I still feel like there's somebody that you need to give your life to the Lord. God's calling to you. He's speaking to you. You've been running from God. You've been wayward. You've been the daughter. You've been the daughter that needs to come back and nurse at a mother's testimonial, a mother's side, as it were. She's prayed many prayers over you. What about it, son? What about it, sir? What about it, mom? What about, about it, daughter? Dad, the greatest thing you can give to your family is a man that loves God, wants God, going after God. Come on, there's some men that need to come. There's some more men that need to come right now. If you need special prayer, I want you to move from where you're standing right now. You need special prayer. All across this room, if you need special prayer, I want you to come. Wherever you're standing right now, maybe you need a prayer of agreement. Come on. How many will raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need the healing touch of the Lord in my life? Raise your hand. I want to invite you to come right now. We're going to anoint with oil. These prayer partners are going to anoint you with oil. Lay hands and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What did Jesus do? The church wants to do that. Amen. If you want to pray for America, I want you to move from where you're standing right now. You're concerned about the spiritual state of a nation. I want everybody that's concerned about America, I want you to come crowd in these aisles right now. We're going to pray for our nation after we sing this one more time. But everybody that wants to pray for America, the spiritual... Re God bless Governor Jindal for taking a stand and making that declaration. God raise up some more governors, raise up some more leaders of Congress, raise up some more. When the righteous are in authority, the nation's gonna rejoice. We're gonna sing this and then we're gonna pray, but let's sing this.
want everybody to turn and face towards the north. We're going to pray over Washington. We're going to pray over our nation. We're going to pray over our president, our vice president, both houses of Congress, over our Supreme Court. I want you to lift your hands. Let the church pray. Let every believer that believes in revival in America pray. This is not only for governors. Come on, arise. Let the glory originate from heaven, flow through our life. Come on, let's pray over our nation. Everybody lift your voice right now. Come on, lift your voice in prayer. Lord, we pray over our nation. We pray, oh God, for Washington. We pray that God in both houses of Congress, there would be an humbling. Oh God, there would be a, 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 a departure from the culture as it is back to the Word of God, the foundation of Holy Scriptures, eternal principles, O oh God, of Your Word. I pray that, Father, You will forgive our nation, forgive our leaders for laws that have been made, laws that have been enacted. God, I pray that You will visit the Supreme Court. Father, I pray that You will touch our President, our Vice President this weekend. Father, I pray that there will be a mighty visitation of your spirit. Lord, you said that the heart of the kings is in your hand. And God, I pray that you will begin to squeeze those hearts in every strata of leadership. Get their attention, oh God. Father, I pray that you will begin to speak to them. God, throughout the scriptures, you awakened leaders. And you awaken people in midnight hours with spiritual dreams. By the work of the Holy Spirit, awaken what is dead. Awaken what is anti-God. Awaken what has been working against your word and your eternal values. And Lord, I pray that there will be a departure from those things and a turning to God. The righteousness of God that the glory that once rested on this nation will return. The presence that has been here down through history, God will intensify. Your hand has rested upon America. And God, we're not willing, nor are we ready for Ichabod to be written upon this nation. We believe in revival. We believe in the move of God, the presence of God being restored to the churches across this nation. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this again and continue to worship those that need to leave. You can feel free to do so. But we're going to continue to worship. I want to remind all of our new members of the luncheon. It does honor the meats and sweets fast, but all of the new numbers. New members, join us for the luncheon. We want.